Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive. Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution and Shaista Fateli, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Well, guess what? The time is here. The long days, sleeping in, picnics in the park, all those wonderful beach days, camping under the stars. It is summer break. And it is a much anticipated time for most children, but you as a parent, might be wondering how best to ensure that this summer break is rewarding for everybody. In this episode, what we're going to do is give you a few tips and tricks that will ensure this summer free feeling for the whole family and help combat the summer slide phenomenon. And Dimple, you're going to talk a little bit more about the summer slide. What is the summer slide phenomenon? So the summer slide, it's also known as summer brain drain. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it is the concept that over the summer break, our kids, students, they stop learning and even lose some of what they've learned during the school year. So it's actually been documented by researchers for decades. It's actually a real phenomenon. So what we're going to do in this episode is also give you some ways to combat summer slide or summer brain drain and keep your children's brains active, especially because we want to combat the effects of screen time on kids' brains during the summer. And I was reading a study that stated that the biggest struggle parents have during the summer break is monitoring and navigating screen time with their kids. Yeah, I believe that completely. I know at home I have that battle and I know I'm not the only one. I'm sure that this is something a lot of parents are struggling with for sure. Absolutely. So I find now that we're at the beginning of the summer, what I've done with Adia, because she loves her screen time and to the point where there's a bit of an addiction here for sure. She, her and I sat down and created a schedule. So a routine, right? Not a strict structural routine, but some type of structure in the day. Yeah. And this is something that's actually really beneficial for all kids, right? Because most children do really well with structure and routine, Um, particularly those kids who might be prone to anxiety, ADHD, or even um, ASD. And so when you have a little bit of structure and routine, and of course, you're not going to be able to replicate what they've done at school, but having a little bit, right, will be helpful because then there's going to be some consistency, And in order to make it easy for yourself as a parent, just think of ways you can maintain structure that's going to be uh, facilitated 
quite easily. And I'm thinking here more like when meal times are going to happen, for example, right? Um, so if you're having dinner at six o'clock every day, then maintaining that, because oftentimes I know in, during the summer holidays, things can get prolonged or get um, later and later. So having some sort of consistency and predictability is really going to help all children. Oh, for sure. That's so important. And I find it's even good for us to have that predictability because I mean, summertime is also a time where we may feel like we want to get a bit more lazy and, you know, not follow through on, on the schedule and the structure as parents, but that predictability is really important. Like you said, for uh, a certain group of kids and for all kids and also for us as adults. And for some of the kids, school was really a safe haven or a, a safe zone for the kids because of the pr predictability. And we want to recreate that at home as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's fair to say that there's going to be moments, many moments where predictability won't happen, right? There is going to be times where you can't maintain a consistent schedule. And that is okay, right? As long as you pick one thing that they know is going to happen and they can build their day around that. And again, it can be very simple, like just mealtime um, at a certain time or bath time at a certain time. Yeah, exactly. So, so more of a routine. Yes, exactly, exactly. And even with that, I find that most kids, particularly more so with the younger kids, they really benefit from having a visual schedule. So even if it's just when you wake up, you brush your teeth, you make your bed, you eat your breakfast, right? Mm -hmm. And if, if it's just up and with little kids, you can even just put small little pictures but at least it's something that they can see visually. So then that way they know what to expect. It kind of take it creates more boundaries around their day. Absolutely. And that's why uh, it's really important to make some plans. So I always suggest creating a summer bucket list. And um, I mean, think about this. We only have about... 17 or 18 summers with our kids before they become adults and possibly go away for school or move out. Yeah, I didn't even I like that. When you say that, I didn't even think of that, honestly, because I'm just like focused on this summer. But you're right. Like how many summers do we really have? Right. With them, with them. And the summers. The reason I say make a summer bucket list is because summers are the time where you create these beautiful memories, especially because we live here in the northern hemisphere, right? So we have a lot of, we have cold winters, we only get two months of this beautiful weather. So it's the time to create the stories that are going to be told later on in life. Remember the summer when, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when we were little, every summer we used to do this, this, and this, or the type of stories that are, that are conveyed in your wedding speeches and told at the cottage kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And when you think about all of that, 
it really changes your mindset around Mm -hmm. the expectations, quote unquote, of summer, right? And really making it a joyful experience for everybody. Exactly, because it should not be a time where kids are stressed. They just finished this huge marathon of a year at school. Mm -hmm. And while I know there are some older kids that attend summer school and things like that to catch up on credits or to get ahead, it's a time where there should be some lazy days and some, you know, less stress for them, right? Mm -hmm. So just a time when they can let loose, relax, experiment, grow, And again, to combat that summer brain drain, it doesn't mean that they need to be doing academic work during the summer because there are so many opportunities for learning to take place that's not academic. Yeah, exactly. And this brings me actually very nicely to another tip of setting a goal, right? And Throughout the year, the school year, you may find that your child has been asking to learn something new or they wish they had time to accomplish during the school year. So things like um, reading just for fun, right? Like reading for fun, being a part of a um, summer reading club and getting that medal at the end, or perhaps creating artistic pieces or playing learning a new instrument that they can play. Summertime is the perfect time to accomplish these goals, right? So if you're able to set a goal for something that's um, easy, that can be in reach and is doable, like dedicating a certain number of hours to a project or signing up for the summer reading club, that is really going to help create those memories, like you were saying, as well as maintaining some structure and predictability, because you're building purpose around what your child's inner needs are. Oh, that brings me back to our first episode, setting intentions for the sake of creating purpose. Yeah. Right. So with Adia this year, I set a goal with her to read a hundred books for the summer. So she's going to read a hundred books over the summer. And the reason that we picked that activity is because it, it has shown that reading is a way to combat the summer brain drain and it does engage and stimulate the brains of the kids and offsets the effects again of that screen time. Mm -hmm. So we do want to offset that screen time by yes, setting those goals and also by incorporating some mindfulness, right? Mindfulness in there where times where they're allowed to be bored, to take a pause, to, to sit and really just be with their own thoughts and learn how to observe their own thoughts. And otherwise you may find that some kids do respond to screen time by have by having uh behavioral issues yeah lead to that for some kids yeah for sure i think the mindfulness piece is really important over the summer to get them into a practice of that especially for tweens or teens so that when they do go back to school and they are overwhelmed they have these tools to to fall back on 
Yeah, exactly. And there's so many different techniques that we could talk about that incorporates mindfulness and, you know, just being able to be feel grounded, just to feel you in your own body and just to have a peaceful state of mind, right? So maybe we could give one or two examples of some strategies that parents can use. So one that I really like to do, and it just takes a few minutes, um, is just to get your child to feel their bodies. So feeling their feet on the ground, their hands on the chair or the couch, wherever they are, and just feeling their breath um, going in and out, right? Just for a few minutes. That really takes their mind off of external factors and helps them focus inward. So it ends up being um, a mindfulness activity that enables them to feel calm within them, within their own selves and their own bodies. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I, I completely agree. And, you know, I, I just want to add on to that. When I taught at uh, a summer camp a few summers ago, and we would do some mindfulness activities, one of the activities that I had the younger kids do was tracing different parts of their bodies. So tracing their lips, tracing their eyebrows, uh, tracing their face, the shape of their face. And it really, it was really relaxing, actually, right? Even for me as an adult, it was really relaxing. So these are good activities for them to do in in the middle of the day, before bed, even first thing in the morning, just to get them grounded and recentered, even before a meal time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, even I think right before bed, another really good exercise, and we talked about this in the last episode, mm-hmm. is to express gratitude. And the way I really like to do this, and I incorporate this at home, is two thorns and a rose. So the two thorns are basically something that happened that you maybe you don't feel really good about. But then to think about that rose, well, what did happen that you feel really grateful for today? Right. Um, And there's also a lot of journals out there for a lot of the older kids that they can just jot down three things that they're grateful for today. I think that's also something that helps put into perspective of um, what they have in their life. And it brings some sort of awareness to these um, tangible things that are happening in their environment. I love that. I love the idea of gratitude journals for kids. I do one with Avia and you know, some nights we forget, but we do do our gratitudes every night. We don't always write them down in the journal, but you know, the beauty of the journal is that it keeps you, it gives you a a place to record what you've been doing over the summer. Mm -hmm. So just like you won't remember everything, but when you look back in your gratitude journal, oh yeah, we went for ice cream. I'm so grateful that we went for ice cream at that place. I'm so grateful that we went for the walk uh, on the beach and I found that rock. Yeah. I'm so grateful for today. Mama made, you know, we had pizza, whatever it is, right? 
We watched a movie under the stars. We went for a drive-in, whatever it is for the summer. So it just keeps a record of what you've been doing too, right? Yeah, that's so beautiful. And imagine like when they grow up and they're able to look back on that. It's going to be so, it's going to bring back a lot of memories and it's going to evoke some really strong positive emotions Mm -hmm. and feelings right and it's going to really help them in times when they need to reflect back on that moment you know that's an amazing uh point what you just brought up and it it just reminded me of something completely sidetracked that i would like to just bring up for adults who have experienced trauma in their childhood What happens is a lot of the trauma, a lot of the good memories are clouded by the trauma. So the trauma and the incidents of the trauma are often frequently remembered until they're processed in the body and, and, uh, and dealt with. But what happens after we process that trauma is then you start to remember, oh, yes, there was good times. There were good moments and those memories start coming back. And it would have been so nice to have a journal of that sort to remember all the good memories. And now my daughter tells me that she sometimes when I told her to write things in a journal, she says to me, Mama, I have a virtual journal. So she actually found a virtual Mm -hmm. journal that she's keeping track of. Yeah, you know, that is so beautiful. I love how you said that because even if we haven't started a journal yet, mm-hmm. we can start the journal now, right? And it's not going to do any harm. In fact, it'll do so much good. And it only takes a few minutes. And the positive benefits behind that are so tremendous. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get further sidetracked here, we should go back to our tips. So uh, the one big tip, obviously, for the summer, especially with the beautiful weather is to get outdoors, to get them moving, to combat the effects of the screen time on the brain. They need to be outdoors. We were outdoors for from morning until night when we were little. Mm -hmm. And these kids are not getting enough outdoor time unless we push for it and make it a part of our family lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And you might find there are some kids who may be overstimulated by the sights and sounds of the outdoors, especially if there's a lot of children around a particular area. Um, There's even some kids who might find it challenging with social interactions. So being outdoors, though, is super, super important, not only for your physical health, but for mental health as well. So what you want to try to do in those cases is find something that your child really enjoys, right? So um, sometimes it could be riding a scooter or riding a bike, even playing tag and schedule again that in, right? For those kids who do get overstimulated, from the sights and sounds and maybe go out at a time where it's not so busy, but you are still going outside every day. So that way you are able to, again, um, minimize some of that screen time, right? And it's also, remember last, this past school year, a lot of kids did have so much screen time with remote learning, right? So Right now, with restrictions lifting, it really does provide a best opportunity to take advantage 
of this uh, new freedom that is happening as well. Yeah, there is a new freedom. For the parents that are working, that are still on the the daytime working schedule, schedule the outdoor time later in the evening. And that's actually what we're doing right mm-hmm. now is we're scheduling it after dinner. And early in the morning, if we can, just maybe outside on the deck or in the backyard. But in the evening is when we go to the park or do something of that sort. But I, I found what was really helpful is playing sports. So even for the older kids, getting some uh, other kids together, playing baseball, playing tennis, Uh, going to shoot some hoops at the park, playing basketball. And to be honest, we started doing this recently. And for me, I mean, I've been so scared to move my body for so long, right? And I realized that I love playing sports and I used to be so good at it when I was younger. So now I'm excited because we're trying to keep a active lifestyle for Adia that I'm getting back into sports. Oh, that's so beautiful. So it's like, it literally is a whole family event that you're you're doing, right? And a goal almost, right? That you're trying to go back into it. Yeah. Which also brings me to another tip, right? Where this is a really, really important one because during the summertime, some friendships that may be um, not as well maintained for the kids, right? Because they used to see their friends or their peers every single day for six hours. And then all of a sudden, literally one day, they it stops, right? Mm. So it's really important to have some time to connect, for your children to connect with those friends, right? Particularly the ones that they're really close to. Now, this can look different for every child. It may be over Zoom, right, for some kids. Um, But really, we want to try and help that connection be in person. So that could even mean picking up the phone and calling them, writing them a letter, um, doing a small picnic or a little hangout, anything that's not so much of a high risk for those kids who may be overstimulated or have more challenge around that. But maintaining connection with others is going to be really, really beneficial for um, all children, particularly when they make the transition back to school, that anxiety around, well, so-and-so, what if the so-and-so is not going to be my friend anymore? Who am I going to play with? Those anxieties will be dampened. Oh, that's an excellent point. So good. So important for them to maintain those connections. And you know what brings me? to the concept of maintaining connections for family members as well, with traveling being not as easy right now. Summertime, school is not in, so there's more time in the day for them to connect with family members such as cousins that are possibly out of province or in a different state or in a different country. Making time for those connections as well is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You bring up a really good point. It is. I feel like, you know, during the school year for parents and for children, there's so much go, go, go mm-hmm. that it's often quite difficult to maintain those connections. But with the summer being less structured in that way, we can make time to build upon those connections that we may not have during the school year. 
Yeah. And, and the summertime should be less scheduled. It really, it's a great time to be less scheduled. I understand the need for certain camps and some families do have to maintain a very rigorous schedule because some parents have a busier schedule during the summertime. And uh, the camps are, are another thing. It's an excellent opportunity for kids to try something new that they would not be doing otherwise, right? A tennis camp, for example, maybe a uh, a swimming camp. There's so many different camp ideas out there and camps that are being offered. And I find though they do book up quickly. So for parents that really need to rely on camps for for care for their children, it needs to start almost in the fall or early uh, January, Mm-hmm. Like the search, the search and the research and to find out what the options are and what's out there and needs to that. This is co- coming back to the planning ahead, mm-hmm. so knowing when you're going to plan your vacation, having that summer bucket list, knowing when vacation time is going to happen, knowing when camp weeks are going to happen. Like this is so important so that when summer does arrive, the structure can be maintained, the routine can be there. And it's not so we're not flying by the seat of our pants, really. Yeah. And when we do that, um, our energy shifts. Yeah. And the kids really pick up on that. I find when I'm more um, prepared, then I feel a lot more grounded myself. And that then gets felt as well, right? So Uh, not everybody is flying on this high anxious state. Yeah. And you know what, when we're prepared, we have less guilt as well. And we're able to manage the emotions of our kids better. And there are going to be some tough moments in the summer, possibly. Mm -hmm. There are going to be some breakdowns, tantrums, uh, days that just did not go well. And that's to be expected as well. But the more relaxed and calm we are, again, going back to regulating our nervous systems, which we've talked about in previous episodes, then everyone will do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I think we've covered some great tips here for the summer. And I mean, we want to, again, combat that summer brain drain for the kids. We want to give them an environment where they can really just chill out. We want to have some beautiful family time. I want to end with the fact that we should let them be messy and let them have fun and let them experiment and not police them or, you know, give them any stress (laughs) as much as we would in the school year and just you know, let it be fun and relax and really savor that time with our kids. Like we said, there's only 17 or 18 summers and it's a time to maybe break some rules and let loose a bit. Beautifully said. And with that, I think that concludes our episode for today. And we look forward to sharing our thoughts with you next time. Thank you so much for joining us. We are going live in our Facebook group uh, weekly now. So please join our Facebook group. Visit the show notes. The link is below this episode. And we look forward to the next episode. Take care. Bye. 
Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.